You're listening to Ace Comicals. I'm Greg, joined by my co-host Leon. Let's do it! Welcome to Ace Comicals episode 114, fresh off the seemingly endless stream of Batman comics that we've been reading, because <laughs> uh, we've actually finally finished all our Nightfall stuff now, haven't we, right? So there's five parts of that up for you to listen to, which is our epic Nightfall breakdown. We got there and in the end. We got there in the end, yeah, and uh, I sent out um, degrees t- uh, yesterday. So everyone's got a degree certificate now. Yeah, yeah, I've got mine proudly. I'm going to print it out and frame it. <laughs> Display it. Yeah. Just me and Leon today. We've got some cool stuff to dive into, but before that, the last two weeks. So what actually have I been up to other than ripping my house apart and transmuting it into something else? I mean, that uh, sounds like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Started watching Invincible finally. So did I. Yeah, like I'm. I think I've got like. I think I'm on the last episode, and I think I've got probably about twenty minutes of the last episode left. Oh, you finished mid app. I, I had to stop. I was falling asleep, man. I needed to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. think I'm halfway through the um halfway through the first season at the moment. Yeah. It's like it's been like some weird fever dreams because there's been that, and then Sophie started watching this thing um, on becoming a god in Florida or something like that. Mm. You heard about that one? No. It's um, Kirsten Dunst, and it's about pyramid schemes in the eighties, uh, in the early nineties. I, I I have heard of that actually. I didn't recognize yeah. the title, but yeah, yeah, it's quite yeah, it's I, quite new. It's called on becoming a god or something like that. Um, I'm not entirely sure on the title, but it's 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 um, dark comedy about pyramid schemes, and it's fun. Um, I've heard good things. Yeah, so there's that, and then like I'm basically getting ready to embark on a new Twin Peaks Odyssey and go back through it all again. Nice, because Rahul got me thinking about Twin Peaks again with the fact that he's been watching it with um, some is it co-workers that have been watching yeah. it with him. Yeah, and I've been thinking, you know what. <laughs> It's about time I went back through it again, and uh, I'm I'm getting ready with the secret history of Twin Peaks and the final dossier as well. I'm going to do the whole thing. I'm going to read and watch. Nice. So, I was thinking about doing yeah. the same thing at some point because um I uh, I did get my hands on the books um yeah like a while back um and also like Rahul talking about it it's like got me back in that in that mood for some coffee and cherry pie. Yeah, man, all about that coffee and cherry pie is to die for. <laughs> um are you um have you got laura palmer's diary as well yeah i do yeah i don't have that that's the one i'm missing but i don't know is that essential i think it i don't think any of them are really essential but i think it's yeah. useful reading because yeah. um the other ones are done by frost aren't they and this yeah. one was done by um lynch's daughter if i remember correctly it was yeah but um i think that um they like that that one offers some extra insight um because i i have like not mixed feelings but like 
my interest in I know for a lot of people interest in the books is like to complete some puzzle and try to gain uh, like some meaning from some of the more esoteric things from Twin Peaks but like that's not what I go to the show for so for me like reading the supplementary material is just to give texture because I know on Frost's side Mark Mark Frost right yeah um he was interested in like the the world that they were creating um on the margins and and that stuff is is quite interesting uh whereas um the uh the diary i, I think is all about getting more into the uh interiority of like Laura Palmer and um i guess beefing up some elements of um Five Walks with me so i'm interested yeah. in in viewing it from that perspective but in in terms of any like puzzles and stuff like that uh the, the puzzle lives on <laughs> yeah in the it's best not, way possible exactly it's not the puzzle stuff for me i don't view it like a puzzle but like all the esoteric stuff i i like to see where that comes from and where that's born from and everything else i like to see all the the, the spiritual and magic stuff in there and yeah. I go off on a tangent and read about it yeah and, and all the influences are really cool yeah. and um like seeing a bit more of um what inspired uh, Lynch and Frost's um, like ways of, of of doing certain things is um, is, is fun and it's um, mm. I think now like especially being people who've like been in this show multiple times and uh, enjoyed it this is this is what I want now where it's like just a full in bury myself yeah. in in Twin Peaks and uh, uh, like just let it let it wash over me drown in it basically. Rahul's going to listen to this and be so frustrated that we're having this little conversation about him. <laughs> Venus is just finished watching it all. It'll be like, it get to this point in the cast and it will be bloodshot eyes biting through his ear, uh, headphone cable, just like <laughs> in, in rage. But yeah, so I'm going to, I'm going to be going back through Twin Peaks a bit. I've been catching up on my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles books. Um, I got the best cover ever for a TMNT yeah. episode. Uh, episode issue um when i say episode you can tell how, how animated these books are when like <laughs> it's just, like i'm viewing it like a cartoon but it's not it yeah they just they just that good anyway so that's but like the um the eastman variant for issue 115 which is my boys be off and rocksteady thrashing out on guitars because they've got this whole uh um, but that's like cover B. So I've got the original cover and I was like, I've got to have that Eastman one as well. I've got to have it because it's just amazing. It's like Bebop and Rocksteady just rocking out and it's like, yes, like wild stallions, but mutants. Um, and they've got this whole Battle of the Bands thing going on in a minute in the comic and Bebop and Rocksteady have a third now. Um, oh, really? Which they've named. Yeah, so there's Bebop and Rocksteady and then there was this, um, this velociraptor called Anchovy that started like uh... following them about. I think you've mentioned Anchovy before. Yeah. So he was a velociraptor called Anchovy. Raph named him Anchovy, which it comes from like the, the prehistoric, um, like when they went back in time, like the tur- like some of the turtles in time stuff. Um, and then he basically starts following them about and then is mut- he's a mutant and his mutation progresses and it gets to the point where he's getting a little bit anthropomorphic and he 
picks up a gun and knows how to use it and stuff like that. So he starts hanging out with Beowulf and Rocksteady and he just carries all these weapons and things. And he's an absolute badass. Like, I don't think he's actually said anything yet. Like, no speaking yet, but he's like, he's all there otherwise. So he and, hasn't um, spoken yet, but he's picked up a gun. So this is in America, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's just as <clears throat> semi-automatic as well because my, my gun rights, you know. Um, something like that anyway. But he, um, he's he been like hanging out with them and they named him, they renamed him. So he's not called Anchovy anymore. They named him Unshove. So you've got Bebop, Rocksteady and Shove. Um, and he's uh, he's got like a feathered mohawk and he looks really cool and they've made him the drummer. So there you go. Um, Sounds like a yeah. match made in heaven. Yeah, exactly. Formerly known as Anchovy and Shove, and he's like my new favourite. So, Bebop, Rocksteady, and Shove. More adventures of Bebop, Rocksteady, and Shove, please, in the local music scene. That's what I want. I want. I want comics about them playing different dives and not getting paid jack shit, and you know, like having getting paid in beer and things like that. You know. <laughs> that's what i want but yeah so it's been all of that and then um just generally going back through some other stuff i've got like trades off my shelf like my i, I had like a hankering for ecstatics so i wanted some owl red art so i started going back through my ecstatics um on this to check some just to just to get some to, to get a hit of that basically um that really cool like vibrant psychedelic stuff they get up to in there is really awesome and yeah uh that's oh and loki of course i've watched oh uh, yeah of course up to, i'm up to date with loki at the moment um, yeah i think like after loki we should do like a, a post-mortem of all three of the yes. mcu shows so far yeah. and like all like spoilers or spoilers abound and just like, yeah delve into them because i think there's um from various standpoints, there's a lot of um, ins- like weird and cool things that they're doing, and all, like highs and lows, and like I think especially for you, like there's a lot of like in the weeds, deep references that I, I quite respect that they're yeah uh, they're referencing for lack of a better word. I think there's like a meaty conversation in there because it it's like the closest the MCU has actually got to comics in the sense that they're releasing these things <laughs> as like yeah. uh, episodically um i think there's uh, a great deal um to to dig in there i mean how many episodes they're all six six episodes each right uh well they're, they're all like six uh yeah well yeah the falcon and winter soldier and loki are six and one division's nine but i believe yeah. the running time of one division is equal to that of loki yeah. and falcon winter soldier because th- those episodes were shorter first few yeah um with um these these uh series these these marvel these like the marvel tv stuff it's actually like you're hitting the nail on the head when you said this is the closest they've come to comics because it's like buying a six issue run of loki Mm. or a six issue run of uh the falcon and the winter soldier or six uh, it wouldn't be nine issues it would be six issues maybe the first two would be the first couple of episodes would just be back matter in the back of an X-Men comic or something like leading <laughs> up to it. Like you'd have the, like, the main X-Men story and then like you'd have, but what's going on here with Wanda? And you just have like this like little backup three pages of 
random stuff and you're like, what the fuck is this? And then they launch the Wonder series. <laughs> that's me playing comics, yeah. Mark. I mean, that's how I'd do it. But yeah. That sounds about right. <laughs> but yeah, um, it is the closest they've come to comics and I do, I do love and respect it. And I can't, I mean, I, I'm still, I want, I really, 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 really want to see um, Black Widow now. Like, I've had enough of like looking at trailers for it and waiting for it, and I'm just I'm just ready for that to drop now. Like, it's soon, I know they, yeah, I know they wanted to put it in the cinema, so they were waiting for the cinemas to come back and be safe. But well, it's in both. Is it going to be on Disney Plus as well? Yeah, yeah, it's both. It's, it's uh, Disney Plus access. Yeah. So you pay like I don't know over here twenty quid in America thirty dollars or something. Yeah. Um. And I think it's I think things remain on access for like three months, six months. I don't know, um, oh, cool. but it will also be in the cinema here, like yeah. Cruella was. So um, yeah, you'll nice. be able to see it on the big screen. Um, speaking of which, I finally caught Godzilla versus Kong. Oh yeah, yeah. But but I watched it at home on my TV. As did I. <laughs> <laughs> and. It's it's a it's a great film. It's a really fun monster film, and it feels like an it feels like a Godzilla film, like like one of the old older Godzilla films where, um, you've got some recurring characters. There are very little consequence. You're you're in it for the monster fights. Yeah, and like yeah. so in the run up to that coming out, because it was on HBO Max and and it was released in the cinemas as well. Um, I rewatched all the movies leading up to it in the quote-unquote monsterverse yeah. uh, and like i think i mentioned i think i possibly mentioned this on the class before but like uh like i watched godzilla i watched uh king of the monsters no i watched uh kong skull island watched king of the monsters and then i oh, went into this and and uh at first i was like not deflated but i was just like yeah um on, uh, on like on first watch had like having followed those movies and like I like those movies kind of in the order that they released. <laughs> yeah. I, I like, despite the, uh, all their different faults, um, I, I quite like um, Godzilla 2014, and I um, quite like uh, Skull Island. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of King of the Monsters, um, and then this one, I, I was like, yeah, I like it better than the last, I think. But like, yeah, I don't know. And then I think as I let it sink in and watched, I watched it again with a uh, with. Uh, uh, I watch it. I think I watched it. With, um, oh yeah, I watched it with my sister, and um, watched it again when I was probably in a better mood or something. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, I'm I'm here for this. I'm here for this because like the the human drama stuff is so pointless and inconsequential. I don't know why yeah. a lot of these actors came back for this, but like the the fight stuff is so cool and um, like the uh, that that first attack on the tankers and stuff like. I was just screaming like Neon Genesis Evangelion like the whole yeah. time, and it's, yeah. it, it's 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 like the combat stuff is cool. Um, we're still I don't want to spoil like the end the end what re- reveal even though probably everyone knows at this point. But I do think that stuff is done really cool, and it's like the action during that last bit in uh, n- uh, Neon uh, Hong Kong is awesome, and uh, it's, it, mm. like it. I think like what I like about this this film uh, is one of its high points. Uh, is the the visuals? There's so much more color this time, and they just jump straight into the crazy and embrace it. And I really like that, rather yeah. than um, like the, the the movie before. There was just it was just too gray and brown, and just so much clouds and particles everywhere. 
that you couldn't really enjoy the action, even though you were like yeah. seeing Ghidorah and uh, Mothra and everyone come together. It was like, yeah, I mean, that fan service is cool, but it, yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't nourishing. It wasn't satisfying. But this movie, watching the monsters like punch each other and and yeah. narrowly avoid atomic breath, it just it's a lot of fun and. That stuff yeah. I, I quite enjoy about the movie. There's, there's other elements that I don't like as much, but the act, the, the the fun elements are, are so like over the top and silly that I, I had I had a good time with that. Mm, definitely, um, my my jam all the way anyway. Like giant monster films, and it, yeah, it yeah. felt it it felt for me like a proper Godzilla film. So that's what that's why I loved it. Um, if anyone is looking for where to go next like if any you know like um big movie execs are listening or if any you know interns for movie <laughs> studios are listening and want something that they can they want something for free that they can maybe just like pipe up and say in a writer's room how about try adapting uh godzilla half century war because it's one of the best comics ever i think that's what they should do next they should adapt godzilla half century war um and bring that to the big screen james stokoe's half century war it, uh, yeah my favorite godzilla comic and, it, and it's probably not that far-fetched i mean um at least two of the directors of these monsterverse movies are known like uh geeks nerds and lovers of comics video games and anime so you never know yeah if, if you're listening and you want something for free adapt <laughs> that please yeah so I think I think we should just dig in, shouldn't we, with some yeah, of the comics we've got today. So first on the list today, um I wanna say Digelia um is a comic called Digelia, which is a West African fantasy epic published by TKO and uh, is entirely the work of one Juni Bar. Um now this is kind of like a masterclass in West African folklore is the easiest way for me to describe what's going on here. So it's different and it is beautifully inspired. Um, I mean, we were talking on a previous cast episode actually about underrepresented mythologies and folklore and cultures in fantasy storytelling. And I think this book does a beautiful job of introducing West African folklore um, through gorgeous, abstract, colorful cartoon art, which is what you want. Um, I think it's when we were talking about um, Layla Star, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And then, like, after that cast, I stumbled across this. And I was like, oh, hey, that's exactly on conversation for us. And also, it looks kind of cool. I want to check this out. So it was clearly inspired by Cartoon Network <laughs> through the late 90s to the O's. And you can tell it's like it's all there. Robot Boy, Dexter's Lab, Samurai Jack, etc. I think the writer even says... Um, later in the book that they are heavily influenced by Cartoon Network. So uh, it's all there. Um, and yeah, it's just gorgeous abstract character design, plenty of pride in its inspiration and origin. Um, deals with like West African lore and stories in like the oral tradition, as well as touching issues faced in parts of modern Africa today. Um, we get like um, bits creeping in uh, with like the legacy of colonialism, warlords, child soldiers, poverty, such such and so on. 
Um, it is such a wonderful comic with such a brilliant and like explosively rendered, brilliant and explosively rendered magic and action. Like this was a joy for me to read. And I know, I mean, I know very little about West African culture and to have this as an introduction for me was great. And it is a real leaping off point, like outside of like, um, Anansi, hmm. I, I don't know a lot about any of this stuff. And this was like somewhere for me to jump off and learn further, which is great. Cause I always love stuff that gets me doing that. So, um, like with the Twin Peaks stuff we were talking about earlier in the episode, like just, just like five minutes ago, I suppose, but like, like, um, this kind of like gives me a jumping off point for like West African, um, myth and legend and gets me, gets me thinking about like all this stuff. Um, if I could just give you the blurb for this actually, because I think that would be a good place to start. So um, it's inspired by West African folklore and uh, Jigelia uh, tells the remarkable tale of Prince Mansour and his loyal storyteller, Awa, as they journey to reach the mysterious wizard, Salma Oro, who guards a fearsome power that he once used to destroy the world. Um, and it's as awesome and fantasy epic as you'd expect. Uh, with some uh, some great action and like little things like just just loads and loads of little things and little little things that creep in and, and and yeah i mean you read this as well leon right i did yes and uh, yeah sorry yeah and i was just gonna say um yeah i echo what you say and like I, I do think that um the connection between this and uh layla star is very apt um where uh both seem to be using like a mix of like fantasy and science fiction speculative fiction in co in connection with like um uh like myth legend and tradition um and with leila star that stuff is like uh like uh, india focused and like with this this is uh like uh west africa and like um particularly it feels like areas like uh, senegal which is where i believe the um the uh creator um uh, grew up but um yeah, I think the thing that makes stuff like this feel so good, um, like in reading, beyond being a thing of like, oh, I've never seen this before, which in my case, um, I too have quite a, like a, quite a limited um, ex uh, experience with with that. Um, uh, there's probably like a handful of uh, like or West uh, African like uh, folklore tales and. Um, like older stories that I'm aware of, but I don't have that um, that experience with like the history of, of this stuff and uh, even beyond that and more modern works of art. So it, it's a, a big sort of blank spot for me. But beyond the uh, the the initial value you get of like, uh, I'm I I I feel good. I feel good and elated seeing stuff that's different to. What, what I normally see. I think the thing that raises things like this and like Layla Star up is that there feels like a really like concrete marriage between the inspirations um and and the, the story being told. And yeah. um with with this where the inspirations are from all over, whether it be from like nineties animation 
uh, like uh, old folklore and just other really cool like sci-fi concepts um, like all brought together um, because all of it really like hits at the story and like the, the things that you mentioned in, in, to do with uh, like uh, the uh, the out the outcomes and the legacies of of like colonialism, uh, things to to do with like um, child soldiers and um, warfare of of those things, but also um, people's different um, like expectations of themselves and and uh, people finding uh, like what their place is and what what their their function is in in this world and like um like living up to um like family heritage and stuff like that all mm. all of that uh it it comes together so well that um the book doesn't feel dizzying in a bad way but instead it, um it feels like you are trusted and, and like strapped in and it's just like go for it and there while there is like loads of really helpful panels which will um uh like explain what um a term means um in uh i believe it's uh is it, uh is it in uh, wolof i believe is wolof is like the majority of the language used yeah um yeah. but i think they he uses terms from other dialects as well yeah and like the way that stuff is translated and, and like symbols and stuff are given meaning um and you just have the, the little sort of like editor's note but then from from then on those terms are just used without explanation or translation i, I love that stuff because it, it it really does pull you into a thing where it's like uh it's not the it's not having to bend itself for its target audience in that way it's it's giving the audience what you need for the story and then you're just in it's like welcome to the world let's go and he doesn't yeah. have to keep reiterating where it's from and and who it's by but instead the the story of the comic does the talking and uh it and i think it, it does that stuff like so confidently and so effectively and uh the way that it uh sort of messes messes around a bit with like panel construction and like read order in like really interesting ways which feel natural to how conversations would happen where like you'll have uh speech bubbles uh coming from a, a, like a different panel but where that speech is meant to be read fits where the bubble ends up uh even though the panel is beneath and i think it handles that stuff really well that it doesn't read as confusing but um presents its, itself as um a like it presents it, itself in a way that the geography of the characters matters as much as um like what they're saying and where they are um yeah like all of that stuff like works well for me i, I love the the um the sort of framing of like being being split into these chapters and having these um, recollections and and these uh, in a way like short stories which um, fill fill in the characters and give us like insight into uh, their place and um, how they feel about um, what's happening and giving us parts of history and uh, adding like uh, texture to the story i really like yeah. how that's done and um like going back to like uh, 
the star of the show, really, which is the art for me, I think, that it just has such a, for, for lack of a better word, such a cool look. The use of, like, uh, like block colours, I, I really like. Um, so many panels um, just just jump out at you. And um, the use of negative space is, is employed really well throughout. The character mm. designs are, are awesome. Um, the... Uh, the way um, the uh, speech bubbles and like uh, the clouds, uh, for, uh, clouds and stuff are used is really cool. Like, there's there's a lot going on here that is um, it's not like style for the sake of style, but instead it um, you really do get a feel for the tone and um, uh, I guess volume um, and uh, like stress like that different conversations and words have because of how yeah. the the bubbles are used and i like long time listeners of the show know that we love that stuff so much and um yeah like with that 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 coupled with the lettering i read um and like the onomatopoeia throughout i, I really like how this is done and there's such like a, a nice um despite like all this use of color and all this use of like uh depth and different layers uh, there's such a confident, um, like clean look to all the art, where like every character has a recognizable silhouette. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, it just it's a it's a joy to read, and I, I it would be I like I think we spoke about this off cast that um, I would like to return to this with Rahul in the future at some point and go into like. Uh, a bit more of a spoilery deep dive on like yeah uh, especially to do with stuff that happens uh later on in the book to get totally. um, a bit more because there's a lot of like good like a lot of good like uh meat and, and texture in here and um we're only really scratching the surface but um yeah this is a really really good book that, um, that i really enjoyed reading yeah i mean it's a full 156 page graphic novel and then like there's a few pages of back matter on top of that um, which is all the stuff that explains the symbols used and gives you a little bit more um, colour for what you're reading, I guess. Um, but like the like you mentioned, the, the character silhouettes, the character designs are brilliant. I love them. Like it, this is like, um, especially Balm, the uh, the 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 boar pig, yeah, uh, holy man, yeah. He's I I love that character design because it's like somewhere between um, Wind Waker Ganon. And the Samurai Jack bad guy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that so much. It's fantastic. Um, uh, there is a lot to love in this book, and, and it is something that does warrant a deep dive and some big kind of, like, discussion around um, some of the themes and some of the things represented in there. And I do... You were talking about the lettering. Like, I, I absolutely adore, like, the, the, the drum beat that just seems to happen throughout every fight scene. Yeah. Dum, dum. And then, like, um, you've got these, like, um, amazing, like, uh, with, like, the, the way that some characters talk with more gravitas than others, with, like, big, thick borders around the um, the speech bubbles and things like that. And yeah, then you've yeah. got, like, um, voices that are sort of, like, less sure or less powerful. They, they have, like, a kind of a, a wispy, um, lost 
kind of feeling about them where it's, it's kind of like a looser bubble, like almost like a cloud, like smoke, like, like someone's blowing steam, I guess. Hmm. Um, and you know, like th- things like the, the deep spiritual sound of irritation, Mathieu, <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I've tried making that noise myself this week to see if I could emulate <laughs> it. <laughs> Something like that, possibly. I don't know. But like, it's just, yeah. You gotta love everything about this. Yeah. And like, um, when, like, like when trying to sort of explain this, like, uh, I always um, think back to um, uh, something that uh, Nendi Okorafor, the writer and also like, is the author of like um, uh, comics as well, um, where she said that her work wasn't Afrofuturism, which is like the, the well-known genre of like uh, sort of uh, African sci-fi, which uh, builds on um, like African influences and and adds yeah. um, like science in there. But she re- rejected that label because that label, um, in a way sort of condenses and 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 flattens um like the influences there and i believe that she referred to her work more as african futurism and that's what i would apply here where um i think it's it like the 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 influences feel like um like wide and like um taken from like a multitude of like diverse places but there's a very specific intention in, in, in their use and um, especially in, in how that relates to the theme. And um, yeah, I think that, uh, I think like some understanding of that helps um, mm-hmm. give, give a deeper texture to this and um, helps not uh, fall into the trap of like flattening it, which is something that, this happens in general and, and what like uh, uh we try to be cognizant of so i i'm i am um uh looking forward to when we can like delve in deep with yeah. this and... definitely i mean i want to say because it, it's it's post-apocalyptic sci-fi but then it has this like real fantasy vein so i i want to say it's more of a fantasy thing yeah, but it does have the the like some of the stuff in there with like the the technology, technology and things yeah. like that, <laughs> and it's it's kind of like a fusion, really, isn't it? It's like all of those things. Yeah. So yeah, but it does it does live up to it does live up to to its uh its the description of it as a um like a, a fantasy story based on yeah it's 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 absolutely fantastic and i recommend checking it out with like all these like bright colors and explosively rendered fight scenes and things it's it's just a gorgeous gorgeous book and yeah uh, you'll learn something because <laughs> i did that... after reading this <laughs> yeah and I, it's, a, it's an entertaining time but it also mm. um will uh have you sort of interested in, in uh more stories um that originate from uh, this part of the world yeah um so yeah it's uh it's a, it's a recommend for me there's 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 like more things that we could talk about it but um yeah when we when we re- return to it there's um more like nuance and stuff that to to dig in especially with the theme so i'm looking forward to that yeah
yeah, it's a it's a fantastic book. Um, so that is uh, Dejelia, um, or uh, I mean, like I apologise now for my pronunciation because I know it's going to be wrong. I couldn't find a reliable pronunciation for the word. Yeah, because we were saying this before. Because we've seen multiple pronunciations, uh, better ones. Yeah. Uh, I've seen a lot of uh, Jalea, which is yeah. uh, feels feels like how I would probably default say it by reading it, but um, like I'm I'm unsure. Yeah, um, and uh, that is entirely the work of Juni Bar. And that is published by Tico Studios, and uh, it's out now. It's a full graphic novel. Go check it out. Um, you can get it digitally. You can buy it physically. Um, but yeah, it's it's a, it's a great one to have. And I kind of wish I bought it physical because I bought the digital version. But if I was going to buy it physical, I'd want to buy it direct from the TKO shop. And the the postage just kind of like kills kills the dream for me most of the time. <laughs> If you ever looked on the the TKO store, if you live in the UK and you've ever tried to buy anything direct from them, it's like it, it like heartbreaking postage. <laughs> so I can't I can't I can't uh, justify it at the moment, which is sad. But yeah, I get. I mean, you can get it through Amazon as well, but you know, I'd sooner have bought it direct from TKO if I could. Yeah, yeah. Um, on from there, this is the one that you. Added to the sheet and you were like oh i don't know if you've read this yet greg and i'm like oh yeah two weeks ago <laughs> galaxy brain greg <laughs> no comic gets past me i'm like a there's like a funnel um and the comics well, just fall into it and then i just kind well, of this is like, why i was continue. surprised i was like looking at, and i was looking at the list and i was like oh that's quite quite light and then i was like um oh like has greg not read this and that's why i messaged you like oh if you've not read this uh check this yeah. out it would be it's a bit strange that you haven't read it but then no, no. this has happened. This has happened before, but they happened with Haha. <laughs> so, like, you can't blame me. Like, no, I, I, yeah, I... <laughs> yeah. I did. I did miss Haha, but that was that's pandemic problems. That was. <laughs> so yeah, the nice house on the lake, which is the James Tynan uh, horror title uh, from DC Comics. So, this is like an interesting concept. It's like an actual like, it's got like actual flashes of pandemic life in it too, which yeah. was a little bit raw for me when I was reading it. <laughs> <laughs> um and uh it, it has like it this like apocalyptic horror thing going on i'm loving it so far um so do you want to like dive in where you are with it because i think you've got more notes than i have i mean that's uh it's cool of you to to assume i have notes but yeah um <laughs> uh so yeah i th think the way this came across to me is uh i saw who was doing it, which was uh, James uh, Tiny and Fourth, and uh, I saw Jordi Belair's name, and obviously uh, Alvaro Martinez uh, Bueno doing the, doing like the art on there. So I was like, "Hey, this, this seems like it's got to be got to be interesting." And the the intro, uh, well, the cover has what I believe is the uh, lead character, um, and their head is popping up in the in in said lake and it's surrounded by skeletons and in the background we can see quite a nice looking multi-level um modern mansion on a, on, a, on a hill and uh, the lights have that nice warm glow and it, it just has this 
Oh yeah, and there's a bunch of symbols uh, under the title, uh, and it calls itself Book One. So all of that was like, hmm, okay. Then I saw it on DC Black Label, and I thought, okay, yeah, this is uh, this is interesting. But yeah, uh, um, the basic premise for this is that a bunch of people um, are invited to this nice uh, house on a lake. <laughs> and um, I mean, this, I guess I don't want to spoil, but yeah, basically as they're there, um, a, a massive catastrophe of some sort happens and it changes um, the relationship that they have with this place. Is, is well, I can, put it. I can read the blurb if you want, because it's very spoiler-free. Yeah, get, go for it. <laughs> yeah. So, everyone who was invited to the house knows Walter. Well, they know him a little anyway. Some met him in childhood, some met him months ago, and Walter's always been a little off. But after the hardest year of their lives, nobody was going to... <laughs> I can't believe it's the hot. <laughs> I can't believe they're taking that and running with it and then it's just going to get worse. So after the hardest year of their lives, nobody was going to turn down Walter's invitation to an astonishingly beautiful house in the woods. There's some humour there in that sentence somewhere. Um, Overlooking an enormous sylvan lake, it's beautiful, it's opulent, it's private. So a week of putting up with Walter's weird little schemes and nicknames in exchange for the vacation of a lifetime, why not? All of them were at that moment in their lives where they could feel themselves pulling away from their other friends. Wouldn't a chance to reconnect be nice? Wouldn't so it? yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, here's me looking at the cover, and before I even opened it, I I was gonna go, I was going into it thinking, is this gonna be like some sort of slasher with a bit of a cabin of the wood cabin in uh, the woods bent or what? Or like a last house on the left type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously not. It's something completely different. Yes, yeah, I think because you're a few you're a few pages in, and you get like a, a page that says like day one. And it's uh, the character that we've been following, uh, Ryan, who's also re- referred to as the artist. And you get these like blurbs in the middle of pages when you meet new characters, and it'll say like their name, their age, uh, their uh, their gender, um, and then it like um, refer to where they're from. But it's re- it's called cluster, and that immediately gives us some creep vibes. And then. Um, their relationships to other people aren't referred to their names. Like so, the the uh, initial one for the artist goes Ryan Kane, twenty six years old, F, uh, New York cluster, first encountered five years ago, uh, beer garden, thirty three in Greenpoint, uh, as friend of the comedians, then girlfriend, chosen in Brooklyn, New York, six months ago, and then you get this for each of the characters that we meet at the place and. It starts to build these vibes, and it's already got these vibes already because this is like I, I, get, I think people have different relationships with different places. But my relationship with this is that this place is in the middle of nowhere, and I never feel comfortable in places in the middle of nowhere where I know a lot of people are the opposite to me, and they hate cities and they love places in the middle of nowhere, and they feel perfectly safe in the middle of nowhere. But for me, pe- uh, like a bunch of people being secluded in the middle of nowhere just screams to me. Uh, some bad's gonna happen. <laughs> so like <laughs> already, uh, like I'm on edge, and it's saying day one, and um, this follows like a really uh, esoteric but like cool bar conversation 
um, between two of the characters where they're talking about um, uh, how, how, like, how they will, um, how, how they presume like the world will end, for instance. And then as we go forward with that, or we meet more of these people, it starts to um, get in that comfy vibe where everyone's like, um, as, as Greg was referring to, there's like a use of like a temperature scanner, one of the laser ones, and it's like, oh, whoa, <laughs> this is uh, this is yeah. th- this is set. This this isn't like this is in place of it. This is like yeah, no. this is. This is this is probably now like <laughs> soft COVID vibes because people yeah. are masked up as well. It's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like already it feels um, uh, interesting. Where <laughs> it's like oh, I okay, think, I see what they're doing. I think this is the first comic I've read that actually has that in it, like that that has accepted. I think this might be the first bit of fiction I've actually taken in that has accepted that this has happened and this is now how it is. Yeah, because, uh, like, I've avoided all the, like, Zoom versions of, like, TV shows that they've done. Um, um, and I avoided th- that movie that where, like, uh, Anne Hathaway and uh, Chuttle Edger 4 get stuck in, in um, where are they stuck in, like, Harrods or something <laughs> during the pandemic. I've avoided that stuff. <laughs> Um, so everything for me has been like they've either sidestepped or they have their own virus or thing to deal with. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I, I too haven't really engaged with media that is um, set yeah. uh, like after, like, like or like during COVID times, like where it's actually COVID and not some other virus or something. Yeah, I mean, like nothing I've watched or or read. <laughs> up to now, up to the point I read this comic, that was the first thing that hit me in the face with it. Nothing I read or watched had been social distancing at yeah. all, right? <laughs> so, and then and then I read this and I'm like, oh, okay, so this is like the first bit of, um, of like media that I have consumed that has accepted the life we are now living and has just kind of like effortlessly added it to the narrative without making it the thing and just put it in there as just like oh yeah you know this is everyday life this is something you can relate to yeah it's not a plot device it's not like the thing is actually about covid it's just like way this of is life what we do history now. yeah 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 and that's interesting to me yeah like immediately um i think that pulls you into story in a completely different way where you're like oh okay okay and like from then, like we keep, we meet all the other people, and like the sinister sinister vibes are like lurking in the background, but it's uh, it's only when um, uh, a someone's checking their phone, and we 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 we, we get a, a bit of an idea about what what's going on, um, then things start to to escalate, and then we're left in a really. Um, I don't know what the word is. We're left in early, um, not pu- puzzling, but also uh, like terrifying spot. And I, and I like that because it's just the beginning. Yeah. So I, I am really intrigued to see how how this is followed up because it's um, there's like I've seen other fiction which 
like works or like um, hits different now because of COVID. But with this one having being like sort of post COVID, I'm interested to see how the themes of like what we've had in, in this last year of like with lockdowns, like people being isolated and just like the world and uh, social mores changing a bit. Uh, I'm really interested to see how that is um, fed through in here because we get to see bits of it, uh, especially with like characters reconnecting and and um, th this uh, there's like a weird sort of social uh, muddying because it, different people know Walter in different ways and there's a, a bit of overlap. Um, but I I'm interested to see how um, the the interplay between the characters in this scenario and um, like how that spills out and like how different character motivations and personalities rub up, rub, rub up against each other in this nightmare scenario. So um, I am uh, I, I'm, I'm signed up for issue two for definite. Yeah, totally. Totally signed up for issue two. And I love the artwork here. Like it's just, it's so, it, it's like edging on realism. But it has this kind of like, um, it still has, it's like edging on realism. And then sometimes when you look at the locales and you look at some of like the shots of like the, um, the surrounding environments and things, it looks like video game concept art. Yeah. Like yeah. to that point of like actual, like high detail realism, like full-on realism end of the scale especially when you look at like some of the um because interspersed throughout the book we get pages that are far too real because they look like something on your phone or your device like an email you've received or yeah. a notification from a social media app um and uh we've got some like really cool like um like an email with an attachment that has photos of the nice house on the lake uh, and it's just, it looks like really, really gorgeous, like video game concept art. And then like, we get these like amazingly textured, um, images that just play with light in such a real way. Um, but like they keep, it's an illustration. It's a, um, how can I put this into words that people will understand when they listen back to it? Uh, <laughs> So it's pop art with the bright colors, thick black lines, um, and, you know, very vibrant, very flat. But then we've got a lot of texture added to it that gives it dimension, especially in the way that we play with light and things like that in certain parts of the book. Like there's a bit where we've got a panel, uh, it's sunset, and our main character, Ryan, is standing on uh what looks like a deck or balcony for part of this amazing house on the lake that looks like a bond villain's pad <laughs> um and she's like they're like the, the 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 camera angle is like across the like looking out over the lake and we've got like the sun kind of some some flare just coming in from the top and it just it's absolutely beautiful yeah because it, it especially because um it it comes through as like almost like a watercolory texture as well, where like you kind of almost can see like the light rays. Um, yeah. Yeah, it has. It's really striking, um, and there's like some uh, like fleck, like some like 
like Loki flexes in here, like yeah, with the the glass on the um, yeah, on the deck, and like how the light goes through that, like mm. and um, uh, things like the um, uh, the like you're saying the like location and the yeah. the, the background work and um, the because it's in a place which is like uh, a lake surrounded by like. A forest and like appears like mountains and like in the, in the background like yeah um and like you mentioned before all the different like um textures throughout and when you get um like some like semi splashes or like uh, wider pages showing you like the location or like how big the main central room which is like open open plan uh like kitchen diner type area uh and like there's so much space where you, like there's a piano, there's several sets of stairs and there's different people in different areas and uh, all that all that stuff is done like in a way that doesn't really draw attention to itself but as you're looking uh, there's a lot for your eye to feast on and yeah. um, I'm always quite appreciative of that, especially um, the the way that um, Belair's colours are used throughout where yeah. Even if it's in a naturalistic scene where it's like uh, light sources are given off orange, but everyone's outside in, in the dark, so it's like blue, all the way to the more um, uh, the the more um, I, I'm 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 a floss for the word that I'm looking for, but the more abstract uses of color, where like yeah. when we first see Walter and behind. Uh, him are like diff- big strokes of color, like uh, yellows, oranges, blues, greens, and it 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 adds this uh, like this striking um, framing to him, where it stands mm. out and it, it, he feels focal. He feels yeah. Um, he feels like there's more to him. Um, then we know so far, and obviously there is because we didn't know that much about him. But he's just standing there with all this shopping, and he's like, "Hey guys, uh, t- talking about steaks and stuff." And that this it's so striking that, and so ominous, and the, the, he's got like, uh, like glass, uh, like sunglasses on, but like, there's no, no like reflection or anything. They're just white in there. Like it's it's all very striking, and um, e- each panel uh, sort of pulls you in more and more, and uh has you wondering or asking questions about like what the nature of all of this is yeah i'm i'm not sure i'm allowed to talk about my favorite pages while <laughs> keeping it spoiler free um but yeah i mean some of my favorite pages are some of the social media pages there's one page where it looks like tweet deck yeah yeah i know i and, know what you're talking about yeah and i absolutely love that page I love it because it hit me so hard because it looks like Tweet Deck, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's just like, oh my god, like the uh, the news feeds, yeah. And then uh, one of my other favorite pages is they're all partying at the pool, and you know, like when you're sitting observing a party, when you're sitting at the back of the room, um, and you're just observing everybody else and you're not really involved, hmm. and you just catch the odd word of each yes, person's conversation. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, that was like a stroke of genius there. Yeah, and it's just lettered so well. 
like with the the lettering where you've got like these like um translucent bubbles with like little lines and dashes and then like two words like fucking drunk or democrats or <laughs> yeah <newspaper>. democrats <laughs> yeah 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 it's just like it's absolutely brilliant because it's just background noise but it's it's like not often do you see background noise lettered like that and and it kind of it elevates it to something else and it actually puts you in there rather than it just being like an establishing shot it elevates the yeah. establishing shot to something else and actually brings you into what's happening like you can uh, simultaneously feel the buzz but also um feel the distance yes because if you i mean like if this was in a, a film or something like that i would expect this to be with music over it and you wouldn't get any any voice or conversation whatsoever and and i think the whole premise of this book is to keep it grounded and real to make it hit harder like which is why when I got to the page of tweets, it had me completely shook. But <laughs> the fact that it keeps it grounded and, and tries to make it feel as real as possible by you would hear conversations. It wouldn't just be music over an establishing shot. You would get, you would hear people's voices. You'd hear background noise. Um, and like, I, I mean, I, 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 I don't know if you've got any examples of this in film where they've done something like this, have you, Lurion? Mostly, um, I've, in my experience, it'd be music. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I, I definitely have a feeling of it being in a few movies, but I can't uh, recall. Oh, I can, like, like one that doesn't ex exactly fit the bill, but I, I do like. So, like in uh, the movie Scott Pilgrim versus the World, yeah, um, there's a bit like later on where Scott goes to uh, Gideon's music place. That, I can't remember what it's called again. Part of me thinks like it's called something factory or something. Anyway, he goes there, uh, spoilers, he goes there twice for some reason. And um, the conversations you hear in the background are like different, which is like a semi-Easter egg. But I do like that because you do make out bits and bobs for it to work. Uh, you still make out bits and bobs of what that conversation is. And it mm. does have that feel of like, you're not part of it, but like you've picked up an element of it. Yeah. Um, but that's like one sort of semi bad yeah. example, but there, it, it, it has been employed um, in, in similar ways. Um, yeah. The only one that comes to mind for me is uncut gems where you just hear people talking and clamoring over each other all the time. Yeah. That, 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 that was when it's just uh, a polyphonic assault Yes. <laughs> well, you just get you just getting tense because yeah. no, people need to shut up, but people won't shut. Up. Everyone just talking and talking louder and louder and louder, and you've got no time to think. My other favorite page, I'm totally not allowed to talk about, and it happens towards the end. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and I, 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 that's, it's a really good page, well, because it was um, what happens is different to what I was expecting where I was yeah. expecting, I was expecting something weird to happen, but not, um, what happens. And the, the artwork used there, it, uh, it reminds me of stuff like, okay, so I, actually, I, I was going to say something that doesn't really relate to it, but I'll keep it for now. Cause it, I, I think it, 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 it says too much, but, um, like it, it, it reminds me of films, uh, yeah. of, of certain films, like the the design work there, and especially in a certain panel. 
the first thing that came into my head was um, James Tynan's other recent comic that I've been reading, um, The Department of Truth. Ah, uh, yes. It does have that look as well, even in the, the colouring yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and that, twi- that Twitter page is to die for because that's exactly <laughs> what happens when something's happening somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's all like different bits and bobs of information. Um, yeah. Like a lot of times in fiction, you, you've you got the God's eye view because you're usually with like the military and or like the yeah. president or blah, blah, or the scientists or the people who are causing said thing to yeah. happen. But in this one, um, and obviously loads of other things have done it as well, but I, I always kind of prefer when you're on at human level with this stuff and it's just um you just bits and bobs from all over and you're like what is going on and yeah. because it's all fresh and, and it's just coming through thick it's just an assault where it's just like what what what, what and you just this is the where the doom scroll comes in and after last year there was a lot of doom scrolling like it does yeah. hit it does yeah. hit the president is already dead there is no america left get underground that isn't that just a Tuesday on uh, <laughs> <laughs> some parts of Twitter? <laughs> That's some Q shit, that is. But uh, yeah. Uh, um, uh, another element that I'm actually uh, interested in is because everyone has their, like, their names, and it's joked as earlier, like your mutant name, I am interested in how the different people's roles take into place because like yeah. in, in an email, I don't think this is like uh, spoilerific really to discuss, but like um, we, we've already said that uh, Ryan is like the artist and there's an email later saying um, you'll be sharing with the writer and obviously that's comics, but I'm really, um, I want to see what is done with that because I think there's a lot of opportunity to, yeah. to say some really um, insightful things, but also mm beyond insightful just entertaining so i'm looking forward to how that that plays i think it's going to be a part of it considering it's on the cover um like the roles feels like a really big part of this and i i want to see how that plays into the theme as well so it's like they're allowed to actually like what they get away with as well like they sneak sneak it in there like google bbc yeah like because one of the tweets is bbc breaking news yeah no, like that, blue, that one is the... blue tick <laughs> There's like, uh, was the uh, this was the last image on CNN before it went black. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's fantastic. I love it. Um, and then obviously, yeah, it's just it's something else. This one, and I cannot wait for issue two. I mean, issue one is all set up, and like I was saying, I was thinking previous to the cast that previous to recording this that I wasn't gonna have a lot to say about issue one because it's all set up. But lo and behold, I've had a lot to say about issue one. <laughs> I think at this uh, point, if uh, yeah, if if there's uh, a comic, if there are pages which have uh, images in them sequentially, words. you're gonna you're gonna yeah. have stuff. Even without words, you're gonna have a lot of stuff to say about it at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so that is um, the nice house on the lake, and that is James Tynan the fourth uh, writing. You got Alvaro uh, Martinez Bueno is uh, artist and cover. Um, colors by Jordi Belair, letters by And World Design. Um, so yeah, that is a uh, a good one to check out. DC Black Label, um, which I find odd because aren't DC supposed to be launching a new horror label this summer or something? I'm sure I've talked about this on a previous episode. 
or I've mentioned this before at some yeah. point on the cast. And I know that they started it with that conjuring book because they did a book for the conjuring that was like a, was it a prequel to a sequel? Very possible. I can't remember. Yeah. But anyway, that was going to be, they're, they're launching a new horror label this summer, which makes me, it's weird. It's weird that this is on black label when it could have been easily on the new horror label. Um, but yeah, there we go. And there's going to be some sort of reasoning behind it, I'm sure. Um, last one on the list is a book that I checked out called Dager. Um, now, this is by Dan McDade, entirely the work of Dan McDade, and he's the writer, the artist, the letterer, the whole shebang. Um, and this is this is something else, because this is like another one that I wish that I had the physical version of, because I've only got the digital version of it. Um, I bought the digital version on Wednesday, just on a whim, because I wanted to check it out. Um, but, like, I got kind of, like, pulled in by the cover because it has this kind of, um, you know, uh, 80s, um, like, 80s animation, uh, like, kind of like Ulysses and um, Thundercats, that kind of stuff. Yeah. More, more so Ulysses. Um, where it was like animated by Asian studios and then brought over to the UK. Like studios in Japan and Southeast, uh, uh, East Asia and things like that. And then they brought it over and, and um, like it was written in France or somewhere. Like I think Ulysses was written in France. Uh, Ulysses 31 I'm talking about was written in France and then animated in a Japanese studio. But it has that kind of vibe about it where it's like it's a little bit anime um it's uh, a little bit um daniel warren johnson who's one of my other favorite artists as well which is why i'm a complete sucker for it because it has those ink pen brush strokes and that anime edge um and it just it's it was just absolutely gorgeous and i was just like you know what i kind of want this it's a sci-fi book let's give it a go so i dived in um this is like self-published by dan mcdade as well it's a dr ink production um i think dr ink is his company is his publishing uh his self-publishing thing um so we dive into it and it is this uh this high concept nightmare sci-fi um i think the physical version as well is presented in like a large format so it's got like big wide pages for you to kind of just like lose yourself in um it's a real cool piece of art and it's for, for my eyes an experiment in hard sci-fi and dreams it's abstract it's surreal it's intense um and it is like a particularly vivid dream basically like i've i've flicked through it a few times since reading it um the first time i read it it felt like a a vivid nightmare the second time I flicked through it, I, I start. It's one of those things where you're gonna read it multiple times because it's one of those things that is, um, it's bewildering, is a good word to use to describe it, and uh, it kind of really does, it really does chuck you out into the nowhere and nothing and leave you there. And part of the cool, the coolest part about reading it is getting to find your own footsteps and find your way back. Um, it doesn't, it, it doesn't have any, um, it doesn't appear to, 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 to have any cues or lead-ins or anything like that. It's just really kind of like, uh, 
yeah, it's it's a it it it's a wormhole for your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, um, it's an art style, like I said, that has more in common with like that kind of like eighties kind of like um, Ulysses thirty one type stuff, like Japanese animation for you know cartoons that were ultimately shown in the West. Um, and it has like a horror element to it as well, like surreal sci-fi horror. Um, I will give you as much as I can about what's going on. So we are appear to be stranded on a strange world um, with a young woman um, who she appears to have crash landed. And it looks like she's trying to get her equipment going again, trying to get a ship going again. Um, we open with some floating pods just off this planet. I think maybe some sort of arc crash landed and these other pods possibly have other survivors in. Um, and she's, she's crash landed. She's there and she's like rigging herself a weapon to her suit. Um, and it's almost like she knows what's happening and like... It's almost like she's been dragged out of time and and catapulted to another part of the universe, because okay. we get these we get these flashbacks to like a London tube station with trains. Uh, it it kind of looks like a post apocalyptic London tube station with trains. Oh, a normal and, London tube station. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's cleaner than a normal tube station, actually, <laughs> looking at it. But, yeah. There's a WH Smiths there as well. which <laughs> I love that little touch. You can tell the person that made this is British. Um, but, yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it's full of British flair like that. And I, I kind of like that a little bit, that it's got those little touches in and things. Uh, and we've got, like, this, again, someone who's not, because like the, it's like almost like what I get from it is that this this girl was pulled out of a time stream and swapped with someone else, and this this other person in this kind of like strange suit that appears to be made of like like looks a bit more post apocalyptic, a bit more something out of a Ghibli film with like the mask and everything, mm. um, or something out of Extremity even the Daniel Warren Johnson book, like that kind of, that kind of vibe, that kind of post-apocalyptic vibe. And they're out of place because everyone else is dressed normally for a London tube station, like casual clothes, looking at phones and stuff. And they're there and they don't know what's going on. And the noise of the train frightens them. So it's almost like they were pulled out and they had this psychic link and they've been, they've been swapped. Um, but we're on this, this strange planet and we're exploring this strange world. And there's a huge cavern with a huge monster in it. And this huge monster plays with time. Um, and we also get flashes of like, almost like a Western feel like raiders on a frontier and a mother defending her homestead and her child against raiders on like some sort of post-apocalyptic frontier, like wearing like American frontierish clothes, you know, like 1800s type stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of like, a, it's kind of like a, a, a black hole of influences really there's so much going on and i think i think what we're what we're looking at is we're looking at like weird time stuff like like messed up time streams where things are getting pulled back and forth 
and people are getting younger and in the presence of certain forms of radiation and things like that and it's just um it's a lot <laughs> and i i i i want to read it again and again and again and again because it's so beautiful like some of the colored pages are absolutely gorgeous it's all like it appears to be hand lettered um and it's like this gorgeous like ink pen um like brush strokes uh that just give everything like this real expressive beautiful vibe and like the black and white portions are gorgeous as well and it's just it's just something else um i fully recommend it um and i, I recommend you check it out and if you're gonna buy it just buy the hardcover just just don't don't bother with the digital version just just buy it solid because that's how you want it and that's how i wish i had it and i think i probably will spring for this for the hardcover as well um because it's just it, it's just something i want on my shelf um it's like it's full of like awesome extras as well it's a complete trip um i love the story i love how it plays with time i love the concepts that are explored it's got this horror element to it with this um this giant uh lovecraftian beast that lives at the bottom of this cavern um yeah, it's, it's such a trip. Like, the only way I can describe it is that it is a complete wormhole for your mind. And you just want to go there. Like, you know when you have, like, a vivid dream or a nightmare and you want to be able to go back to it to explore it further? Yeah, yeah. It's that. It's totally that vibe. And you know what? Like, I like the fact that it's relatively short. I like that it's only like 50 odd pages because that kind of just like gives it even more like what the fuck energy. <laughs> mm. And I kind of, you know, I, 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 oh it, yeah, it's something else. It really is. And, and then all the extras you get with all like the extra kind of like concept stuff and page layouts and, and little sketches and doodles and things. Um, obviously some little other bits in there because, um, at the time this was the, the damn it Dade started working on this he was doing stuff for judge dread so there's like loads of little judge dread sketches in there as well um and yeah it's 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 a real real work of art it's like an auteur comic type thing where it's just like i'm gonna break all the rules by making it short and massive and a hardback and whatever um and at the end of the day are there any rules with stuff like this i don't think there are I yeah. think I think I think you should just do what you feel like and just make art for art's sake because that's cool. Do it for the but story. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, tell your story however you need to tell your story. And this is this is excellent. I absolutely love this book and I want other people to read it, so that's why I'm here talking about it now. So that's Dago by Dan McDade. Um yeah, it's it's a wormhole. <laughs> it, and you, you fall into it and you come back out the other end and you want to go back in again because it's a fun wormhole. Um and uh, Dammit Day is the writer, artist, and letterer, and you can you can find it on um, if I find it on Comicsology, and you can order it directly um, through um, Dammit Day's um, website, which I'm going to find now. Yeah, you can order it off his big cartel site. 
I couldn't remember what provider he was using, this big cartel. Yeah, so you can order it directly off his uh, his big cartel site and um, you get digital edition for £10. You can also buy, um, the physical is 15 quid, but it's like it's a big book, I think. So it's like one of those like presented in wide format things, so like a wide pages. A, it's an A4 hardback graphic novel um, with extensive production notes. Sounds great. Yeah. It's, it's worth your time. But yeah, that is Dega. Um, yes. Uh, and uh, yeah, that brings us to the end of this episode because I think we're out of comics now, aren't we? Nothing else to discuss for now. Until for now. next time. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, that has been Ace Comicals episode 114. You can find us in all the usual places. Uh, www.acecomicals.com which is the hub for everything we do um, everything we do is accessible from there we've got links to everything uh, we are most active social media wise on twitter under at acecomicals uh, you can find us um, on instagram and places like that as well facebook you can send us uh, it's all of it's under acecomicals you can you can send us an email to acecomicals at gmail.com um, if you want to get involved and ask us some questions, um, get involved in the conversation that way. Um, you can also add us and DM us on Twitter. Um, you can add and DM me on Twitter as well under Abato. I want to talk about comics. That's all I use Twitter for. Please talk to me about comics. No one will talk to me about comics in real life. <laughs> um, Leon, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Leon Everett. Yes. And, um, yeah, so that has been Ace Comicals. Uh, Ace Comicals over and out. <laughs>